0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the year. Batten down the hatches, get your muted words up, tick them all because Love Island is back. (sighs) It's the end of days. In other words, Public Enemies Chuck D, bring the noise. 5th Podcast Network. I'm Charlie Taylor and this is What's Good. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Yeah, this hay fever's coming back. Had a, had, a, had a week of rain, a week of rain and now the heat's coming back and uh, my nose has been going dooladdy ever since. Doesn't matter what, what goes on. Just, just yeah, just constant um. I probably need to shave. I feel like I feel like the hair, the facial hair I have, like is just holding stuff. You know what I mean? And that's probably why, partly why. So hopefully, if I shave, uh, in, uh, like as I stop recording uh, as soon as I get off this, maybe maybe that will help. But yeah, sniffles still here, gang gang. Um, yeah. But apart from that, solid week, really solid week. Can't complain. Um. Still waiting on deliveries. (laughs) I have so I have like oh gosh man I have two deliveries that I've been waiting for for like like one for at least a month and another one for now about two weeks and it's just it's taking a piss now it's taking the piss it's just a joke like you you guys wonder why Amazon is taking over the world and and you know just people uh, places with retailers with specialist um knowledge in certain things and you know, have specialist gear. No 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 no. That's let's, let's take a month. Let's take a month to do so. Like what 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 are you doing? What what are you doing? And on another delivery, Chinese shipping, yeah. I, I I feel I feel like it should there should be a rule to where like uh retailers that ship from China or just get their ship from China they should say so. Like in delivery information or whatever. Never says it's coming from. It never says where it's coming from, unless it's like you know, uh, y- you can clearly see it's like either European or UK or US. Like you can gather that. But there's some sites. Some sites. You when you go down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to find something specific, and more often than not, it's usually Chinese shipping. And then you get a tracking number. And you're like, fuck. Now I have to wait for it to leave Guangzhou. Like, come on, man, jokers. Anyway, apart from that, really solid week. I am happy. I can't complain. uh <laughs> with Charlie uh, jo- uh, dropped last week. I'm actually really proud of how it came out. It actually came out really well. Um, if you have guys on Spotify, go peep that. 5VPN Radio, just search that up or just hit up the uh, descriptions in the full show notes. All the 5 EPN pods are under there. And uh, yeah, I've already finished the track list for um, Volume 2 uh uk jazz uh i've, I've titled it on the playlist on the spotify playlist i've made uh, it's uk jazz as well we're just living in it uh but i feel like it's a bit long of a title for a <laughs> for a podcast episode uh so i might shorten that a bit but yeah it's coming um maybe i don't know maybe the same day this drops but maybe next week i'm not sure uh depends on just what i'm doing uh but yeah apart from that it's all good in the hood and we have a great show for you this episode uh Speaking of which, we have uh, one of everything, uh, film and TV, sports, life, music, you know the deal, and uh, yeah, format as we begin, email to the IG, Discord link as well, all in the full show notes, um, go pick the articles for yourself, go support the writers that put out this good work, and yeah, I think that's it, <laughs> let the beat drop, and let's get to the show. week where summer solstice has come and gone uh the las vegas raiders dl uh defensive lineman carl becomes the first active gay nfl player which is kind of fascinating in one on one front like uh that's great right and uh i feel like he's doing a lot for a lot of people and honestly i think before you know it a lot of people from uh, other us major sports are gonna follow suit that's what i feel but I'm also like one of those people that feel like, you know, while I understand this is news, uh, it, it's twenty, it's twenty twenty one. Like this shit shouldn't be news. You know what I mean? I feel like we should have been having the, uh, doing this. Like, I mean, we did do this in some way with uh, what's the boss man's name? Michael Sam, something like that. Um, from years back, I think he got drafted and uh, didn't really make a team. Um, but yeah, you know, it's. I feel like, you know, just. It's fine. It's fine. It's this. There's nothing. There's nothing to scream about. But yeah, it's news is uh, news. Spotify and Facebook dropped their own live voice chat platforms. Uh, obviously, rivaling uh, Clubhouse and uh, Twitter Spaces, which also recently dropped. And uh, I don't know about Facebook because you know me, not on Facebook anymore. But um, Spotify Green Room sucks sucks, It's trash. It's so garbage. It's it is nothing there. It's just oh my gosh. The directory's horrible. The directory has nothing there. It's just like oh oh uh, greenhouse. Uh, gr- greenhouse. Green roof versus clubhouse. Da, 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 da. It's just like oh and this gem shit. This gem shit. I have no idea what the. I, I, I don't get it, and they constantly having rooms dedicated to these gems on green green room. I keep saying greenhouse, but I don't care. It's just it sucks. Do I sound nasally? I sound bare nasally. I think I, I don't know. Uh, I can't. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm nasally because um, this nose is not working with me today. But anyway, got a power throw. Uh, Supreme Court rules the NCAA cannot restrict educational benefits provided by universities to student athletes, which is I think, another word for saying you could pay players, uh, and and they should be able to be paid, so, yeah, hopefully that's the case, um, pay players, and lastly, uh, 22nd of June commemorates, uh, Windrush Day, and, uh, we also have another anniversary, uh, which is, which is on this day as I record, but, uh, obviously it drops on Thursday, um, but we'll get into that in a bit, can't wait, um, but... We start with NBA playoffs, um, and it's just my quarterly rant. I feel like I do it quarterly um, of just NBA stuff going going on. And uh, honestly, I just can't. I just want to. I just want to talk and uh, talk about and and rub in r- rub in how 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 the Philadelphia 76ers fucking choked it. I can't. I I, I love it. I love it. so so much i i i inject it into my veins is the best feeling is it's just the greatest like because here's how i feel when it comes to the philadelphia Seventy Sixes, right and you can say that you know um the front office that you know it was was previously there for the quote-unquote process stuff right Technically, that's all over, right? You know what I mean? That's all over. But obviously, people love to t- talk about it. And when your best player, um, you know, names nicknames himself the process, uh, I feel like you're just asking for it to be shit on, to be honest. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. You know, I know, I know that, you know, Sam hankey has gone. And I'm. Uh, Brett Brown's gone, right? You know, th- there's been a there's been a solid amount of change, you know, uh, since then. Um, Doc Rivers is now the coach, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? And you know, apart from Simmons and Embiid, there's you know pretty much nobody was there. You know, uh, play no players were there during that horrible, horrible dark time, right? Um, so while I while I can objectively say that the process is over and the people I want to shit on aren't even there anymore, I just can't help myself because I feel like for those five or so years of that absolutely disgusting act of just um, moral uh, uh, and ethical uh, uh, miscarriage of anything, right, I, it was so grimy. It was so grimy, and it went on for years. And to be honest, if you if you go about life like that, I feel like you should be punished for just. To, I feel like you should be. I feel like they they have to be cursed in some way. Um, I'm not a cursed person. I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. But I mean, shit, man, they ain't making the finals, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If you want to say they're cursed, damn it, they're cursed. i and I'm here for it. I'm. I will fully grasp that and and embrace that uh that notion. But I don't think people are talking about it in that fashion. Um but just watching them bottle against the Atlanta Hawks which which I, sh- I should I should say in the time that Philadelphia 76ers have taken all this time to do this process garbage the Atlanta Hawks were middling and then were the best team in the Eastern Conference for a season and then choked it and then went back to the doldrums at the Eastern Conference. And now they are back in the Eastern Conference uh, finals. Potentially playing for a place in the NBA finals. All in the space. All in that space. Philadelphia 76ers are still doing the same old shit. I, I You can't write it. You can't write it. This is, every, uh, there's so there's so many other teams, right, that have, you know, gone up and down, or stayed up, have just been, you know, marginally better than the Philadelphia 76ers, and I just feel, with that way of thinking, and with that mentality that that organisation had, you know, it's not even about the players, I don't really care about the players, you know, you, you guys, you know, you can shit on Ben Simmons, and I can understand why, right, I'm, I don't really care, um, I don't really find him that hot anyway, Just the fact that if I'm I I, you know I I get being passed first, but fuck me, bro, that 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 miss dunk. I don't know, man. That's some that's some mental stuff right there. So you know, I think he's I think he's calm, right? Defensively, he's good, but you know, attitude wise, I don't really rate him because he just has this arrogance about him, as if he's done shit. And it's just like, bro, what? You've really not done anything yet. Um, So you know. Apart from attitude, I don't really care uh, about Ben as that hard, but I, I I, don't mind the memes. The memes are funny, and Joel Embiid, you know, I like Joel Embiid in some ways, right? Again, it's about attitude, like, the, 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 I don't know, why he does this thing now, Uh, he's done it a couple of times, where, like, he gets a foul, and he falls to the floor, and then he starts doing this humping motion, and I don't know, I don't know if that's pause, I don't know what that is, but he's got to stop doing that so yeah you know as a player statistically i find like he's i find he's a really good player i think he's top 10 right all right right now top 10 uh but obviously injuries are always a thing with him right okay and then but apart from that i can really care less i just want the sixes to fail it's not even about the players i just want the sixes as a name to fail because those five six years however long it was is completely reprehensible to me I, I just do not care you do not guy okay, okay for, for, for you know for I'm talking I'm talking in a way that you know if you're an NBA fan you understand what I'm talking about but if you're if you're if you're not really privy um apologies I can't be asked to you know uh to uh, to ha- handhold here um but I want to say this so uh, so I'm talking in in the sense of you know I, I you know what I'm talking about if you don't you know I do. I have type sounds for a reason. But if you if you just like me, random, then go for it. Keep going. Um, <laughs> you wild. Keep going. But um, you know, NBA fans really got to the L- LA Clippers for for bottling those last two games for literally tanking those last two games, so they miss out the Lakers in the I guess the first round or second round, whatever. People rinsed the fuck out of them for that. They they, they went at their necks for that. Right. Sixes did that for 5 6 years and all they have to show for it is Ben Simmons who most likely will be traded by the summer by the, by October and Joel Embiid who while he's a great player is injury prone as fuck I, I I I don't think they I don't I feel like they don't deserve anything they don't deserve any nice things I I I just feel I just feel that way from a, from a from a ethical standpoint I, I, you guys roast and roast and roast the LA Clippers for ditching those two games, right? Try five years or however long it was. Try all those years of outright disgusting tanking, where the MB excuse me, where the where the actual NBA had to step in, where people were mulling the idea of relegation in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pe- people were talking about that. You know what I mean? People were trying to figure out how to get the Sixers off our fucking screens. Like it was it was horrible. It was disgusting. So you lot can you lot roast the Clippers for two games. I roast the Sixers for for them however many years for those stupid amount of seasons where it was disgusting tanking, getting that draft pick and the draft pick never works out for whatever reason. I just don't like that mentality. I hate that mentality. It sucks. It sucks. It's trash, right? People bitch about super teams. I prefer that mentality to this one. But speaking of that, actually, there's another team I want to talk about. And that's the Brooklyn Nets. So, I just said, you know, I, I, I just said, uh, tanking mentality, I find, in my opinion, is worse than super team mentality, okay? And obviously, in this uh, player empowerment era... Um, you're gonna get more of those uh, in in some fashion, right? And I feel like uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, seeing that happen over the year really jarred me, really, really jarred me. And it's not even it, it's it's not even about the whole team, so to speak, right? And you know, people people were trying to like compensate, going like, oh, they haven't they haven't played together, da 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 da, right? And I never really subscribe to that. Um, I feel like for that kind of team, chemistry is not exactly the thing here. It's just uh, who's open, uh, Pass it to either Kyrie, James, or KD, and you know, if you have three of them out on, and there's five on the floor, I feel like you have a good, decent chance of success uh, for for every for every trip you make up the floor, right? You know, pretty simple, right? Pretty simple concept. But the way it was done just 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 doesn't sit right with me. Just the way it was done doesn't sit right with me, right? And I'm not really one of those people that shout on KD for going to the Warriors, right? I can see why people would individually uh would would see KD as an individual as weak mentality because you're 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 going to the team that bopped you and you had them by the nuts three one and you blew that lead and then you go to that team. You know, I can see why people really got pissed off with him about that right and you know talking about mentality and stuff like that i can get it All right? but I, n- I never really subscribed to that I-, I i don't know why i just never really was into that right and when it comes to KD on the nets i, I still i still don't really care that much I-, I i just don't right i have a ethical problem with i have a, yeah i have an ethical problem with Kyrie Irving um i just don't feel like uh he's as good as you lot think he is um, when he has people with him, like a KD, he looks great, of course he does, but he, he looks, I mean, shit, a lot of people look great, right, and that's, and I'm being very paid by saying that sentence, right, I, I, I'm, I understand where I'm coming from here, it's very paid, right, but guys, 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 when he, when he, look at the years before LeBron came to Cleveland, look when LeBron left, look when Kyrie's in Boston in, in Kyrie in Boston I was actually kind of respecting him because he was doing the not he was trying you know he was in, in he was trying to be number 1 and I've never really thought of him as a number 1 but he tried to do that and it caused friction amongst the team right but in some way, I kind of respect that, because when it comes to someone like J- uh, J- uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, right, they're, 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 they're in some ways, quote-unquote, unproven, right? So I can see why Kyrie was just like, I'm going to be the main dude, because I've won a ring, right? I can see where he's coming from in that, but clearly, and there was a stretch there where he was injured, and the Selks were playing better with without him, right? And that just, you know, when that kind of shit happens, you kind of got a dip anyway, but anyway. Uh, but when it comes to the Nets, and especially James Harden, dipping from the Rockets, doing all that bullshit at the start of the season, like, just ask for a trade, fam. Don't be doing all this extra shit. I don't like that. That's the mentality I don't like. At least when it came to KD, he he busted his ass for Oklahoma City. And when he left, he left, Okay. When he didn't do all bull, no bullshit at the end of the year. He just said, I'm dipping, and he dipped. That's fine, right? But James Harlan doing all this extra shit, putting on, I don't know, looking chubby. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he put on a fat suit under there. I don't know what the fuck went on there. Don't know what went on. But that was just whack. That's just whack mentality. If you want elite, if you want out, you want out. But play like a it. Play like you're healthy, bro. If you're healthy, go play. Like, that's just whack. And there comes Blake Griffin halfway through the season. He spent two years in Detroit and didn't dunk for two years, and then as soon as he comes back, he's dunking again. What the fuck is that? What is that? Are you? That just don't make sense to me. I, I, it just, it just doesn't. Like, it, it, if you want it out, say you want out, go get bought out, whatever. But don't be doing all this. Don't be doing this. It's just, it's just weak to me. Like that mentality is just weak. You're not dunking for two years and as soon as you go somewhere better, you're fucking jumping out the gym? Come on, bro. Weak, 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 weak mentality. Um, on that side, uh, I'm i and that's kind of why I've been doing this thing where I'm like, Project, no Philly, no Brooklyn. I don't I don't I I didn't want them to win and they and they ain't. So I'm happy. I'm completely calm. Uh, I I don't re- I'd like Milwaukee to make the finals, just uh, but then again, I think they should fire their coach, so maybe they should lose just so they get their fucking coach out of there. Uh, but yeah, man. On the most conference side, I don't really care much. Um, but I really do like Phoenix. Phoenix looks so good. I love their vibe. I love their team energy. They literally just won a game by one point last night over the Clippers. It would look so freaking good. Um, so yeah, man, shout out, to the, shout out to the Suns, and this is great, this is great, uh, and I'll finish here, this is absolutely perfect for some, for the NBA, in my opinion, right, because we don't have LeBron, we don't have Steph, we don't have these big names, right, and I've been saying this for years, and there were a lot of people in NBA circles, right, that go, that act like, because LeBron in the playoffs, nobody's gonna watch it, right, okay, shit. Well, someone else has to make, someone else, you can't be LeBron for the rest of time, guys. He's going to retire at some point, right? So, you need to get this young blood in at some point. This is what happens to a lot of sport. a lot of sports this happens to, where like uh, you have this talisman uh, person leading the league, right? And then that person leads the league, and then there's nobody to be interested in. Get interested in these new people. Get interested in Trey Young, get interested in Giannis, get interested in Devin Booker get interested in these dudes, you have to, right, and now we're being forced to, and I feel like because they're showing out, this is great for the NBA, this is great for the future in the NBA, and funny enough, four of these, out of these four teams, two of them have never won an NBA championship, and I think for the Hawks, it was like the 50s, and for the Bucks, it was the 70s with Kareem and them, like, that's crazy to think about, and I'm here for it, I am here for it, I'm here for the parity, uh, parody, and, uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I love myself some variety, I love some variety, you know what I mean, uh, that's probably why I don't watch tennis anymore, because, uh, I just, uh, they're just giving me, actually, that's a great, that's a great point, that's a great comparison, tennis, right, you're seeing Federer, Nadal, jo- uh, Djokovic. Nadal's dipping out of Wimbledon now because he's, you know, caring for his health. Serena isn't really bossing it it's like she used to, right? Um, and now we've got new new names. We have new names, but fuck me, I don't know those names. I do not know these names. Go to te- go go tell me the names for the French women's uh, women's French over final, and I'll just give you a shrug of shoulders. Don't know. And honestly, I don't care anymore. I've dipped off of tennis because of that. It was too it was too long. Um, new blood weren't coming in fast enough for me, and now I've dipped off. So that's 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 what happens in some sports, and that's how I act. I don't, I don't know how that's other people act, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, man, shout out to the NBA. That is my quarterly NBA rant, and mainly about Sixers because I hate the Sixers, and partly about the Nets because the Nets shouldn't have won, and uh, just on a just on a on a NBA gods perspective, Br- Brooklyn shouldn't have won, and uh, the NBA gods have uh, delivered. In spades, so uh, I am here for all of it. Go, sons. Go. I, I guess bucks, but I'm, I'm here for the I'm here for the Hawks as well. I can't complain about the Hawks, apart from trainers injury. Uh, insurance fraud. Stop that. So hop on into our music segment and this is all about major labels and i found this amazing article the other day uh via dan runcy's uh newsletter it's called inside universal sony and warner's arms race for your attention and uh you know i've talked about this on uh ditd excuse me on digging digits um go peep some uh go peep that if you haven't already and um yeah we, we usually regularly uh, talk about major label stuff and how we find it sucks um and how you know the artists aren't really compensated actually i saw a st- I saw a statistic um the this st- the uh revenue in the u.s music industry especially um is has actually uh gone back to the uh gone back to the levels of like the cd era which was the highest uh, uh, in history so um The money's growing, but it's not growing for eyes, How does that work? You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, let's let's jump into this article because this is absolutely fascinating. The post-pandemic music industry has long-term uncertainty, but short-term excitement. Thanks to the backbone of digital streaming, which actually saw more traffic in lockdowns, uh, the music market is hotter than Fetty Wap in the summer of 2015. But the industry is in a much different place than it was in February 2020. There are now more streaming options, more outside capital, yet more concerns about which trends are here to stay. The strategies of the big three record labels, UMG, Universal Music Group, Warner Music Group, WMG, and Sony Music Entertainment, SME, dictate the future even for companies outside of the major label system. They are, stop right there, their decisions should not influence other labels, independent otherwise, but here we are. Whenever they make a decision, it sends shockwaves to everybody else. And that shouldn't be how it goes, but here we are. Uh, they are investing billions of dollars to keep your attention for as long as possible. Their moves signal the best opportunities and the areas getting slept on. UMG's roster is stacked. When quote-unquote free agent uh, Taylor Swift signed with the label back in 2018, uh, no one was surprised. This was like uh, NBA agent Rich Paul getting Anthony Davis on the LA Lakers. The big star landed in the big market and made a, uh, made a flex so it was hard to turn down. In late 2018, UMG and its sublabel Republic Records formed a strategic alliance with the 1989 singer. Uh, she signed a long-term deal, licensing deal with two important clauses. First, Swift would own her future masters. Second, and most important to Taylor, if UMG sold any of its 3.5% ownership stake in Spotify, uh, worth $1.6 billion in June 2021, artists get a share of that money. Um, side note for UMG, Swift licensing deal isn't as lucrative as her own her masters, but a smaller cut uh Swift revenue is bigger and uh, then a better cut, but that big is better than a bigger cut from most artists. Uh, yeah, that's a little side note. UMG, which accounts for over 30% of the music industry's re- Oh, fucking hell. Music industry's revenue. Wow. Um, has the power to play ball with the biggest artists in the game. The label breeze competition among its uh, seasoned label heads who are hungry for market share and all the glory that comes with it. Beyond Swift, UMG's reach extends to Republic, home to Drake, Post Malone, Ariana Grande, The Weeknd and Nicki Minaj. Def Jam, which has Kanye West, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, Motown's joint venture with hip-hop powerhouse quality control records and Little Baby. Interscope, Geffen AM, and uh, m which claims Billie Eilish, DaBaby, Eminem, Lady Gaga and the industry's latest star newcomer Olivia Rodrigo. That's a lot of stars to keep happy. Eventually, they will all want to own their future masters, just like Taylor. Remember when UMG CEO Lucian Grange uh, said that Drake has an unlimited budget? All of these artists want that too. And many more who aren't listed don't need the limited budgets, but will still ask. And generally, no no superstar asks for less money and control over time. Quite the opposite. UMG's strategy works now. Uh, the company breaks revenue records every quarter, but how long will the bull market last? The company hopes the that the streaming revenue growth can offset the cost to maintain its roster, but that's a risky game. Um, they have a little, uh, he has a little, uh, a little pie here, saying uh, Universal is 32%, Independence 31 Sony 21 and Warner 16%. Uh, so the big three account for 69% nice of the rec- of recorded music revenue in the US. That's just Absurd. Uh, Universal needs its stars uh, uh, for two of its upcoming initiatives. First, the record label plans to spin off from parent company Vivendi and go public at the end of 2021. In 2020, Tencent acquired 20% stake in the label. In 2021, UMG announced it will sell 10% to a special purpose acquisition company, uh, SPAC, run by investor Bill Ackman. Uh, The deal values UMG at $42 billion, nearly five times its 2013 valuation. These deals confirm the rising wave of interest in music investments from institutional investors, and since the stock market often discounts companies and conglomerates, this IPO should unlock more of UMG's value. Second, the major label uh, has expanded in both Africa and Asia. Both continents have great potential for superstar development. That potential is compounded when matched with uh, proven American stars. Nigeria's WizKid uh, blew up after his feature on Drake's One Dance and Justin Bieber's Spanish vocals on the Despacito remix extended the life of a massive hit. As Grange explained in a uh, Grange explained uh, in a twenty uh, January twenty twenty interview, with Variety quote, "I've been around long enough. I've seen two or three very significant cycles. I think all we can do is uh, follow our north star and add commercial, legal, and financial discipline to it." Unquote. WMG won't match UMG's star power. Instead, it's capturing more attention in other parts of the value chain. Warner scooped up media outlets like UpRocks, DX and IMGN, home to the Black Culture Machine uh, Daquan at Daquan. Uh, these companies can boost Warner's access to music fans, but, recorded, but record labels aren't well positioned to develop media outlets. That's not their co- uh, core competency. In 2019, WMG joined an $11 million investment round in the non- NFT company Dapper Labs, home of the NBA Top Shot. Uh, we talked, talked about that a few months ago. And one of the most successful businesses selling NFTs. Excuse me. Uh, given uh, Dapper Labs' success with the MPA Excuse me. Uh, there's a uh, logical extension to NFTs for hip-hop artists, And in January 2021, uh, WMG made an eight-figure investment uh, in the video gaming platform Roblox. Oh, my days. Oh, they're really trying it. That's crazy to me, fucking Roblox, bro! Wow. Okay. Um. Uh. Roblox. Uh. But uh, Roblox before it went public in March, Roblox is used by half of U.S. children under under sixteen, according to The Verge. Oh my gosh. This is, oh, this is creepy. I just, oh, that just comes off so, oh, oh a music label is just gonna invest in a children's game where half of U.S. children under sixteen use it. Like, fuck, that's creepy. During a standalone Lil Nas X livestream concert, Roblox reached 33 million fans. This is an investment in a platform that may shape the music industry going forward. Warner's buy-in spree builds direct audience access as digital streaming services wield more and more influence. Streaming may have saved the industry, but labels don't want to rely solely on Spotify, Apple and Amazon to run their businesses. Fair enough. If labels become overly dependent on the tech giants, they will get squeezed on margins when it's time to renegotiate licensing deals. Uh, Warner CEO Stephen Cooper knows this, or Stephen, who knows, uh, but doesn't know, uh, but doesn't show much concern. When CNBC asked him about Apple and Spotify accounting for 27% of Warner's 2019 revenue, he focused more on emerging media companies gaining traction. "Quote." A couple of years ago, Peloton was associated with people dressed in very colorful uniforms riding bike through the Alps. Today, it's an exercise app. Nobody heard of TikTok two years ago. Social platforms are embracing and adopting new uses of music. We think distribution will continue to be fragmented, "Unquote." Fair point, but a bullish take. Peloton and TikTok are hot, but will they ever account for 27% of Warner's revenue? Weven- <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> One your webinar? Uh uh doubt it. Labels and streaming services need each other, but both are in a fierce tug of war to prove that they don't. So there's a there's, a, there's like a drawn graph here where it's like it's like a it's like a, a trickle down thing. So it has the three major labels and then Apple, Spotify, TikTok, Roblox, right? And then has the fans below it, right? So what's we'll stopping UMG and them from just doing their own like, you know, Spotify type thingy? You know? Or 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 even yet. Yeah, imagine this. Hope they li- hope the major labels ain't listening for this one. This is a great point. One, they just combine to do their own streaming service. Imagine that. Fuck. Just just cut off Spotify and Apple, and Amazon altogether. Fucking hell. imagine that. That'll be a that'll be a tug of war. That's a that's a tug of war right there. So for Sony, Sony has been out here spending like it has leftover F FSA money that expires soon. In a six month span from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, Sony Music spent uh one point four billion dollars acquiring independent rab- uh, independent r- labels like AWOL, uh human resources, Som Livre in uh Brazil, uh believe its remaining stake oh, this is so weird. I don't know if he saw titles in the It's Remaining Stake in the Orchard, there you go, right. And formed a partnership with Beatstars. A uh, music, uh, a beat production marketplace. If you're, an indie distributor, in, if you're an indie distributor making waves, Sony has your company's name written on a whiteboard somewhere in its office. Uh, the record label operates like the music industry's uh, Facebook. If the tech behemoth can't acquire a rising platform gaining steam, it will try to build it in-house. Sony is on this tip because the indie movement is hotter than ever. In 2021, 60,000 songs got added to Spotify per day, 50% more than 2019. With so much talent and technology out there, indies have found new needs to fill and get creative about the kinds of support they offer artists uh, today that that didn't exist 10 years ago, or even 6 months ago. The downside for indie labels is hitting a money ceiling. Indies struggle to maximize reach for their bigger artists. They get stuck between the barbells of media, too often, when indie labels sell, it's from a position of weakness. That's why indies are perfect are perfect acquisition targets for Sony. Quote, "It's much more expensive today to sign talent than it was six months ago," uh, said C- uh, Sony CEO Rob Stringer to Music Business Worldwide. "It was it's way more expensive than two years ago, and going back to the 2000s, the download era, it's not even comparable." Unquote. Talent acquisition is mo- more expensive because entertainment revolves around perspective per- uh, preferences. Attention is the economy, and that attention is harder fa- than ever to capture. The big three want the same thing, but their paths to get there show how multifaceted the landscape uh, truly is. Warner's investments in Roblox and Dapper Labs highlight the quote unquote fragmented distribution that Cooper is betting on. Those investments may pay off. But those companies uh, won't exclusively work with WMG artists. They're more likely to work with other two, the other two major record labels with more star power. Sony's acquisitions are investments in the future. It's stockpiled all the lottery draft picks like an NBA front office build for the future. Sometimes those draft picks can turn into Kevin Durant. But it might be harder to find the next KD in the modern era. The microwave era of music has shortened the shelf life of many, for many new artists. That's why UMG is in the best position. This is still a superstar industry. The superstar model has been here since the heyday of monoculture with acts like The Beatles, Pink Floyd and David Bowie. When Universal acquired EMI in 2011, it gained the catalogs of those artists, boosted its market share and guaranteed its position to attract the most valuable artists moving forward. Granted, Warner and Sony have superstars too. Warner's Atlantic Records has Cardi B, Ed Sheeran and Bruno Mars. Sony has Beyonce and Adele on Columbia and Travis Scott on Epic. But UMG is still on top uh, because it has more artists at that level and the best opportunity to acquire them in the future. Will Drake and Taylor Swift be superstars 10 years from now? Maybe. It will be hard for new stars to reach their level of success in the current landscape. But artists are the core of the industry and every label would rather have too many superstars. They're not enough. Oh, this whole thing just depressed the fuck out of me. Like, it's, it's... you think you think at one point right and it's so easy to um to 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 gauge how large these companies are and then you think about what they're actually trying to do in the future um yeah it's just um it's just completely jarring to 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 know how how deep they're, they're sinking and not, not not how deep they're sinking cuz you know i don't think uh, I I don't think I meant it like that. I think uh, what's the what's the word? How how much they're trying to just sink their teeth into these other things when it's not just music. And uh, I don't know, man. It just uh, it just doesn't it it doesn't it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I can understand, but I can understand it though. I can I can fully understand it, and it all makes sense, right? But it's just the fact that it's just the fact that there's so much power here you know what i mean and uh it g- it generally just scares me to think about that like uh y- you think about one label and then you realize that that label's under this label a sub label to that label under wmg and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> it's just it's just absurd it's just absurd to me like i i don't really and and just the fact that you know beat stars is has been copped and that's going to be you know, just uh, a, a a potential. I don't know. Uh, it's like it's like the Matrix, you know, it's not the start of Matrix where you just see the farm of just like people, batteries, and that, and they're just taking the, they just pop the pods out and just take them somewhere else. That's what it feels like to me. Like they're just sinking their teeth, they're just sitting, there just. Excuse me, they're just in big machines. They grab a pod, take them, boom. You know what I mean? And just life continues for them. It's just. It it just it, it just sucks. It it feels it feels it feels icky. Um, yeah, you know, and I know the regular person doesn't care. Like the regular person doesn't care about the film and TV industry, which I'm uh, uh, which I'm gonna get into uh next. But um, it it, it matters. I, I, it matters to me. It matters to me. It's not just about the music. It's about ownership. It's a uh, you know obviously Taylor Swift has the has the power for that, but you know for every Taylor Swift is like what 300, a thousand pick your number of artists that you know should that should be able to do the same in some way of having of owning their shit, right? And the only way you can own your shit is being independent. But if you're gonna be independent, you're gonna have to make some. You're gonna have to be very uh, smart about it. Um, or just really fucking talented, <laughs> and hopefully people find you quicker than not find you. You know, um. So yeah, I it it just um, re- reading that just depressed the fuck out of me. To be completely honest, seeing how uh just getting a look of what they're trying to do and they're gonna succeed. What what what's stopping them really? what is stopping them? Like nothing's gonna stop them. You know what I mean? And that's what scares me—the fact that they legitimately can't be stopped on that front and uh. Yeah man, welcome to the music industry where the art is probably the third or fourth thing that actually matters. we get into our third segment of the episode and it's film and tv like i said and it's all about the eu and it's all about the exit because we have some ripples coming through so this is uh, an exclusive uh, report via uh, daniel boffet uh, via the guardian it's called eu prepares to cut uh, amount of british tv and film shown post exit I'm not going to say anything about the exit because, spoiler alert, um, the life topic is about the exit. So I'll just hold all of that stuff. But let's get into the article itself and uh, you'll see what I mean. The EU is preparing to act against a disproportionate, quote-unquote, disproportionate amount of uh, British television and film content shown in Europe in the wake of the exit. In a blow to the UK entertainment industry and the country's, quote-unquote, soft power abroad. The UK is Europe's biggest producer of film and TV programming buoyed uh, up by four, £1.4 billion uh, pounds from the sale of international rights. But its dominance has been described as a threat to Europe's quote-unquote cultural diversity in an internal EU document seen by The Guardian. If the issue is likely to join a list of uh, points of high tension in the EU-UK relationship since the country left the single market and customs union, including disputes over the sale of British sausages in Northern Ireland and the issue of licences in fishing waters, which led to Royal Navy Royal Navy patrol boats being deployed to Jersey earlier this year. Oh, how fun those times were! Brussels target uh, Brussels's target uh, this time. Uh, is the continuing definition of British programmes uh, and film as being quote-unquote European works. Under the EU's Audiovisual Media Services Directive, a ma- majority of airtime must be given to such eu- uh, such European content on ter- 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 I can't say words today, terrestrial television and it must make up at least 30% of the number of titles on VOD platforms such as Netflix and Amazon. Countries such as France have gone further, setting a sixty percent quota for European works on VOD, and demanding fifteen percent of the turnover of the platform is spent in production of Europe of European audiovisual and cine- cinema cinematographic cinematographic. I think I say it or cinematographic. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Cinematography, but graphic. Uh, according to uh, an EU document tabled with diplomats on the 8th of June in the, uh, the quote-unquote aftermath of the exit, it is, belie- it is believed the inclusion of UK content in such quotas has led to what has been described as quote-unquote disproportionate amount of uh, British t- programming on European TV quote the high availability of uk content in video on demand services as well as the privileges granted by the qualification as, Euro- as european works can result in a disproportionate presence excuse me uh, disproportionate presence of uk content within the european video on demand quota and hinder a larger variety of european works including from smaller countries or less spoken languages a paper distributed uh, distributed among the member state uh, states reads uh, reads another quote quote within the quote. Uh, Therefore, the disproportionality may affect the fulfilment of the objectives of promotion of European works of 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 European works and cultural diversity aimed by the Audiovisual Media Services Directive. Unquote. The European Commission has been tasked with the launching an impact with launching an impact study on the risks risk to the EU's cultural diversity from British programming, which diplomatic sources said would be a first step towards action to limit the privileges granted to UK content. Industry figures said a move to define UK content as something other than European leading to a loss of market share would uh, particularly hit British drama as the pre-sale of international rights to shows such as Downton Abbey and The Crown has often been the basis on which uh, they have been able to go into production. Oh, I don't mind if those kind of shows die, to be honest. Not gonna lie to you. Quote uh, Losing access to a substantial part of EU markets would be a serious blow to, for the UK TV sector, right across the value chain from producers to broadcasters to creatives. Unquote. The sale of international riots to European channels and VOD platforms earned the UK TV industry uh, £490 million in sales in 2019-20, making it the second biggest market for the UK behind the US. According to leaked EU paper entitled, quote, uh, The disproportionate Presence of UK Content in the European VOD Quota and the Effects on the Circulation and Promotion of Diverse European Works, it's a long-ass title, um, (laughs) unquote, uh, "It it is thought necessary for the bloc to reassess the, quote, uh, presence of UK content in the aftermath of the exit. Unquote. It was long feared in the industry that the EU would seek to undermine the UK's dominance of the audiovisual market once the country had left the bloc. Uh, the government has had been repeatedly warned of the risk to the British screen industry. Well, of course, they didn't listen. Take it back control, guys. Nope, nope, nope. I'm gonna. This is for this, this is for the live topic. I'm trying to get into it. Um, industry sources said uh, they had believed it was a matter of when, not if with the government appearing to have little leverage over Brussels on the issue. EU sources suggested the initiative would probably be taken further when France takes over the rolling presidency uh, of the union in January, with the backing of Spain, Greece, Italy and Austria, among others. There is a mid-term review of the AVMS directive, uh, audio-visual, you know, you've you've already heard it, uh, directive due in three years' time, which sources suggested may be the point at which changes could come into force. A UK government spokesperson said, oh, can't wait for this one, quote, the UK is proud to host a world-class film and TV industry that entertains viewers globally, and which the government has supported throughout the pandemic. (coughs) What? Where the fuck did you come out with that one? Uh, Including through the film and TV restart scheme, right, sure, yeah. European works say it's to apply to uh, audiovisual works con- uh, originating in the UK as the UK is party to the Council of Europe's European Convention of Transformer Television, ECTT. It's a weird name, if anything. Oh, that's great. That's great. Has supported through the pan throughout the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, that's why I read several articles and how the arts were fucking suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know what? Nothing I, I I have nothing to say about that. I have nothing to say about that. It, it was clear this was going to happen in some fashion. The the British screen industry, film and TV warned the government this was going to happen. A question of when not if, and they didn't fucking listen. Okay? They didn't listen and this is what happens. So, you know what? I have nothing to say about it. Nothing at all to say about it. Let's get into the life topic. Let's just jump right in. So, the day I'm recording is the 23rd of June, 2021. Do you want to know what happened five years ago? The EU referendum, guys. Happy five year anniversary, guys. I, I clap it up for you, clap it up for us. We have done so much in the past five years. It, it, it's, the progress has been absolutely outstanding. So, here's an article uh, by Martin Fletcher uh, via the New Statesman. It's called Even the Exiteers Know That Leaving the EU Has Had No Benefits. So let's jump right in, shall we? To mark the fifth anniversary of the exit referendum on Wednesday, the twenty-fourth of June, I forced myself to re-watch the BBC's Great Debate held in Wembley Arena two days before the most momentous vote in modern British history. It was excruciating. The Remain team, Ruth Davidson, Sadiq Khan, and Francis O'Grady, warned time and time again, uh, warned time and again, that the Leave campaign had offered no detailed plan for leaving the EU. Uh, no assessment of the risks and no substitute for the uh, untrammeled trade we enjoyed with the vast market across the English Channel, just slogans and sound bias. I know the EU is not perfect, but the benefits far outweigh the costs, Davison, the then uh, Scottish Conservative leader, pleaded in a final statement. The Britain I know works with his friends and neighbours, it doesn't walk away from them. Unquote. Oh, this is. This is great. Uh, the Leave team of Boris Johnson, Andrea Leadsom, and Gisela Stewart blithely dismissed those warnings, accusing their opponents of running Britain down and promulgating Project Fear. Oh, remember that one? That was great. Uh, they deployed the slogan, Take Back Control, in every answer. They invoked the spectre of Turkey joining the EU, claimed immigrants were stretching services to a breaking point, and promised a exit dividend of $10 billion a year. Johnson uses his final statement to present the vote as a choice, quote, between those who have been endlessly rubbishing our country and running it down and and those of us who believe in Britain. They say we can't do it, we say we can. They say we have no choice, but bow down to Brussels. We say they are woefully underestimating this country, dot, dot, dot. If we vote to take back control, this Thursday can be our country's independence day. Unquote. There was no discussion on the immense complexity of leaving the EU and whether Britain would seek a hard or soft exit, of whether quitting the world's biggest political and trading bloc would enhance or diminish Britain's global standing, of what would happen if Scotland voted to remain and England voted to leave, or of the danger of the to Northern Ireland's fragile peace process of a re- resurrected Irish border, the threat to Britain's being able to live, work, study and vacation anywhere in Europe without let or hindrance, scarcely mentioned. Given the debate's vacuity, uh, it is hard, it is hardly surprising that Johnson's jolly jingoism trumped uh, trumped the Cassandra's. Nor should it be surprising if this week's fifth anniversary passes largely uncelebrated. And i, I want to say this, guys. If I didn't tell you this on this podcast, did you even know that the fifth anniversary was yesterday? As is as obviously, uh, this episode is dropping tomorrow. Did you know it was even going on? Just uh, just ask me that question. But anyway, in your head anyway. Continuing on, uh, because not even the most ardent exiteer could c- claim that leaving the EU has resulted in the sort of spectacular national rebirth Johnson promised. Quote, like a slumbering giant, we are going to rise and ping off the guy, ropes off uh, ropes of self-doubt and ne- negativity. Unquote. He declared after exit propelled him to number ten. Uh, break he said it no he said it no he said it the exit has indisputably caused five years of profound political and cultural trauma sauntering north from south metropolitan from rural uh, young from old relatives from relatives and friend from friends it has transformed the once uh, sober conservative into uh, into what for the former speaker John burko uh, described at the weekend as quote reactionary populistic nationalistic and sometimes even xenophobic party. Uh, It has unleashed a hatred, intolerance, and ugly culture wars now scarring the country. The exit has indisputably raised the very real possibility of the united kingdom disintegrating with scotland clamoring anew for independence and northern ireland being driven into ireland's economic orbit equally indisputably it has uh, has damaged britain's economy the true extent is concealed by the still greater damage of the covid pandemic but even the most conservative estimates suggested the exit has lopped around two percent the equivalent of the entire defense budget off gdp Foreign investment in the UK has collapsed from 192 billion in 2016, the referendum, la- uh, the referendum year, to 33.6 billion in 2019. Ask Britain's fishermen, farmers, food manufacturers, financial service companies, hospitality industry, musicians, and artists whether the exit has been good for business, and the answer is a resounding no. And where is the great exit dividend we were promised? What great benefits can the exiteers point to? What oppressive what oppressive EU laws have been swept away? Australia apart, where are all those brand new trade deals? Why was it only this year that Johnson got round to establishing an innovation task force to explore ways of exploiting our divorce from Brussels? How did I re, uh, regain sovereignty, protect us from uh, sup- the super, the supernational scourge of twenty uh, of COVID nineteen? Bearing in mind that EU membership would not have prevented us from pursuing our own vac- own vaccine rollout how come we have taken back control but may soon no longer be able to send sausages from Birmingham to belfast i mean yeah man i was talking about it was talking about a film we'll film uh, about film you can you can easily you can easily put the send sausages to send our films to the to europe we can say that now we can literally say that now uh far from freeing us from brussels um fabled bureaucracy British exporters to the EU now face a daunting array of border checks, red tape, regulations, and additional costs that never existed previously. Far from saving the 10 billion a year that Johnson promised in the BBC debate, or the 350 million pounds a week for the NHS that was progla- proclaimed on his campaign bus—that fucking bus—the uh, exit will have cost the UK an estimated 40 billion by 2022. Far from becoming global Britain, we have dismayed the U.S., which uh, used to which used to regard us as intermediary with the EU, alienated our former friends and allies in Europe, and trashed our reputation as a stable, law-abiding nation. Uh, indeed, Johnson continues to uh, routinely to demonise Brussels in order to keep his base fired up. We may have restored sovereignty to our Parliament, uh, to Parliament, but the Prime Minister is regularly regularly rebuked. ...by Lindsay Hoyle, the Speaker for sidelining, misleading misleading, and evading uh, scrutiny by the House of Commons... ...even proroguing it unlawfully. (laughs) Remember that couple of weeks? That was fucking amazing. Uh, We may have abolished freedom of movement, as promised... uh, ...but Britain now faces an acute labour shortage. Our businessmen require visas to work in most EU member states... ...and millions of British citizens can no longer live freely in France, Spain or Portugal... Record numbers of migrants are crossing the Channel with small boats. Hundreds of thousands of Brits have sought EU citizenship. Johnson enjoys the great political uh, attribute of luck. Uh, the COVID pandemic, a sycophantic press, and Keir Starmer's refusal to so much as mention the word B, uh, the B word for fear of further alienating more of Labour's traditional working-class supporters, have helped conceal the most baleful uh, consequences of the, of the exit. But there will be no joyful celebrations of Johnson's Independence Day this week. There will be no crowning from arch-exiteers such as Ian Duncan Smith, Jacob Rees-Mogg and Mark Francois uh, because they know there is nothing to crow about. Exit The exit long ago became something we had to, quote-unquote, get done. An issue Johnson now seeks to forget by claiming that we've sucked that lemon dry, unquote-unquote. I would doubtless be accused of being Ramona, a sore loser stuck in the past and worse. I certainly find it hard to forgive and and forget the giant con trick the exiteers perpetrated on this country. But my response will be this Would the UK really have voted for the exit five years ago had we known then what we know now? I very much doubt it. Now, in response to that last bit, there was actually a poll that came through um, via, I think, the Telegraph, or uh, yeah, I think it was via the Telegraph. Um, that t- t- talking about uh, if, if literally that asking that question, if uh, you know, if we did the vote now, what would happen? Um, and it was still reasonably split. And uh, I'm trying to find it, and I can't find it. So you know, take my word for it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's um. This whole this this whole thing, like this this whole, the fact that it's five years and is gone by like this, and the fact that it's not even trending that high. I don't think I don't, I, don't, I haven't seen anything. I've seen anybody talk about it on, on Twitter or the news. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to watch Channel, new, uh, uh, Channel 4 news tonight. Uh, and that's another thing I could have easily talked about today uh, the fact that um, the government's going to uh, seek to privatise Channel 4, the fucking worst decision of all time. Um, but maybe next week when there's more commentary, I guess. Um, but the fact that I've heard that, that, that it's just so, just literally not even talked about like it, it, honestly even it, when it comes to like uh what I'm trying to think say science, like uh people find important um uh remembrance day great example remembrance day right people uh, a week ahead a week ahead we are being bombarded with remembrance day stuff are we not right For, I'm, I'm not even saying it's negative or positive i'm just saying, i'm just saying like a you know objective view here it's it's not just talked about on the day it's talked about the days before you know what i mean there's a lot of uh, stuff a lot of stuff comes towards it a week ahead if it was if the if the exit and the, and the referendum itself was that fucking important as as these lot made it out to be then i'd be hearing about it now i would have been hearing about it 4 days ago <laughs> excuse me i would have been hearing about it this whole fucking month of june no, because it's so important. It's such a big deal. But now, but but now it's just a whimper. Now it's a couple of articles, just for the sake of doing it. It, it literally is that. Not everybody's getting on with it. F- how funny that is. How just people made this vote and they are just getting on with it. And I can pl- and I, you know, I bitch and moan about um how um. You know, uh, yeah, about fishing and stuff like that, and how it you know takes over the news, even though it's not even worth like a, a, a minuscule percentage of like economically a minuscule percentage of like GDP and stuff like that. Right? It does, it, it doesn't mean that much, right? But it's obviously culturally significant because we have we are you know this is Britain and you know we are known for doing a lot of fishing. You no, know? right? So you know that's, that's obviously what's going to be talked about. Same when it comes to farming, right? but when it comes to film and tv which ain't going to be shown in the in Europe anymore or or less or, or just less of it will be shown in Europe anymore which will affect the arts as a whole in terms of funding in terms of just general money coming in oh no can't talk about that can't talk about that doesn't matter because we're going to see it regardless right but you know it's it's not going to it's not going to spread as widely as it has been I don't think we even notice how powerful uh, uh, our soft power is on um, when it comes to film and tv like the, the amount of power we have especially in Europe like it's, it's crazy and now it's just going to dip and I wonder how long it's going to take before people realize that this is going to be a genuine uh, problem but aside from that I'm just um, happy five happy fifth anniversary, everybody. Just happy fifth anniversary, and uh, I hope it was worth it. I hope this was all worth it. All this, all, like the, the 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 one, and I'll finish here. The one thing that I keep thinking about um, is what I was thinking about around that time was how and the, and the main reason I voted remain. It's not beca- it wasn't because of economics or any of that. It was because if we do this, it's going to take up all of the airspace of everything else. Is going over everything else. At that point, we had, you know, knife crime. Still have knife crime. Uh, child poverty was a big issue at that time. Still is an issue. Homelessness. Uh, there are there are so many issues. So many issues we had to we we were dealing with at the time. And that's all I was thinking of. I was just like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this, but we made time for it, didn't we? We we made time. So I hope, I hope that time was. I hope that time was worth it. I hope these five years have been worth it. Left with nothing, and now we have Australian meats that are objectively worse than British meats um, coming 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 down the pipeline. So. Yay. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, if on the fifth and podcast network, I can try to say this, but what's good? Injuries has been too much by vanilla. You can thank Chill Breakers. Thank, you can thank? Why do I keep saying you could thank? Thanks to Chill for the bits user track. Uh, you can find both their links in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy Hire for the use of Charismatic Interlude. Uh, you can also find his site in the full show notes. Go check out the rest of the 5VPN uh, podcasts in the full show notes as well. Give those a spin uh, at your leisure. And when I said, hope you all have a good week. I should always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen.